0: This is late night counsel.
1: Ask the pastor about as close to God as you're ever going to get. Uh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah.
0: All right, so listen, why don't you give me a call when you want to start taking things a little more seriously?
1: It's okay. This is really serious. John Council. Ask the pastor. That sounds better. Yeah, I know John Counsel Ask the pastor. Ask the pastor. He may have the answer. Again, he may not.
2: Late night counsel. Ask the pastor. He's got a direct line, folks. Well, whether I have the answer or not, the answers will probably be coming a little slower tonight. Now, the knock on me has always been, counsel, you talk too fast, you interrupt people. So because I am going to be talking a lot slower tonight, this may be, this just may be the most perfect show I've ever done. John, explain to us, why are you going to be talking slower? Because when I woke up this morning, I felt like I was hit by a bus, okay I was uh, sick with some type of flu or some type of virus, and I'm not a morning person anyway and i you know i i I drove into work and i j- i was just I was just toast you know so I went back home to bed I've been in bed all day with this thing, and uh I am here tonight because of extra strength Tylenols, okay. And, um, what I'm talking about tonight, and I'm being honest with you now, uh, the issues I'm bringing up tonight, I just felt I'm, I'm so impassioned about, and I'm so, I think they're so important that I did not want to leave sleeping dogs lie. If you were listening to the show last night, you got a little bit of a taste of it. Now it is open line, open topic tonight, as it always is. It's ask the pastor. Okay. And uh, on the Ask the Pastor version of Late Night Council, I'm going to respond to everything you bring to the program from a biblical perspective, from a faith perspective. You know, it's it's kind of like, you know, in the States, they talk about the Constitution a lot, and they defend the Constitution, and a real American is supposed to defend the Constitution. Well, a Christian uh, is governed by the Bible, and, you know, defends the Bible, and, and uh, lives the Bible. A radical Christian is somebody who lives Matthew 5, 6, and 7. You know, turn the other cheek. If somebody asks you for your coat, you got to give them your shirt, too. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. Blessed are they when men persecute you, for they'll be called the children of heaven. Those are all the words of Christ. Okay? And... um. So on on Ask the Pastor, whatever you bring to the program, I'm going to give you the faith perspective on it. Now, if you listen to me on other nights and even Ask the Pastor, I can get really animated. I can get really angry. And, and there's nothing wrong with that either because, I mean, Jesus got angry. And yeah, the word even says, you know, be angry and sin not. And uh, uh, throughout the book of Proverbs and, and uh, uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament, You know, it says to fear God is to hate evil. We are supposed to. Christians don't hate. Yes, they do. They hate evil. They don't hate evil people, but they hate evil. They hate sin. And, um, you know, there's stuff that's going on in our world that is so deceptive, that is so insidious, that nobody has even, you know, thought for an instant the long-term impact that it's going to have on our culture and um, I, I want to get to that uh, to the to the Pope's uh, uh, reaction to transgenderism, and uh, you know uh, teaching kids that you know that, that that they're not really you know a boy or a girl just because their biology says so, and they can be just about any gender that they want. And I heard some you know lame defender from a and it was supposedly some ministry that I can guarantee is totally abandoned the Bible. He, and he was making the statement on one of the other radio stations today, well, the Pope just doesn't understand. No, I think he understands real well. He understands that, you know, we are bent on sinning, and un- until that sin issue is taken care of, we're, uh, um, you know, we're going to be running into a lot of trouble. And as a culture, morally, I think that's where we're at. Now, um, you can already see the long-term impact. For instance, I'm talking about the long-term consequences of, you know, adjusting our morality to fit the whims of culture, Okay. And Europe is going to be lost to Islam, okay? It's only going to take two or three generations. And I believe Canada, maybe, and possibly the United States are going to be lost as well, okay? They are going to fall. You know why? Because of left-wing politicians? No, no, no. You know why? Because our economies cannot function. We don't have laborers you know, to uh, fill the jobs in our economies anymore. And we have to import them by the millions. And the reason we have to import them is because we've we've killed all our kids, okay? In Europe and in Canada, I believe the stats are, if somebody wants to call in and correct me, four abortions for every single live birth, okay? And the long-term impact of us killing our own, okay, is resulting in we can't even keep the economy going without bringing in people from other countries and you know uh, you know we're bringing in people from other countries and, and they're bringing their ideology they're bringing their uh, uh, you know their ways that uh, uh, not all of them are benign okay and I, I want to give a bit of a biblical uh, uh, perspective on the whole I'll call it the Islamic invasion and it's not an invasion they were invited in into uh, uh, particularly Western Europe and the eventual takeover of Europe. Europe has slaughtered tens of millions of children through abortion. And Canada and the United States have too. And their economies can't survive without importing, you know, millions of of migrant workers because they've killed most of their most of their kids. One thing about Muslims, they don't kill their kids, okay? They have big families. And because of that, when it comes to family and when it comes to morality, and you can criticize them, and I'm not talking about the, you know, the jihadists and the Islamists now. I'm talking about, you know, peace-loving Muslims that just want to get on with their life, okay? They have big families. And when it comes to the value of children and the value of human life, I think they're far more, are you ready for this? I think they're far more biblical, and I think they're far more Christ-like than what we see displayed in Western culture. We think we're so, so civilized. We think we're so, you know, sophisticated. We're so sophisticated, we kill our kids. Muslims don't do that. And the biblical perspective is, you know, uh, in the Old Testament, and here's, here's where I compare it, what I compare it to. If you go through the Old Testament, often there was, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the nations that, that Israel drove off. One of the gods that they that they worshipped the most. They worshipped Baal. They worshipped Moloch. They worshipped, you know, Ashtoreth, and and a lot of those uh, uh, gods that uh, uh, the, the Jebusites and the Parasites and the Amorites and Hittites and other uh, I used to say mosquito bites. Um, you know, a lot of gods that they worshipped. An integral part of their worship was they would often sacrifice their children. Now, why would they do that? What would they do? Why would they do such a heinous thing? Because they believe that if they sacrificed their kids, they would have greater prosperity. And I could just as well say, why would a why would a mom want to want to kill her baby in her womb? And usually the reason, usually the reason in Western culture is convenience. They'll have greater prosperity. They don't want to be inconvenienced with a child. The same reasoning that goes into most abortions is the same reasoning as to why pagan cultures that were occupying Palestine before Israel came in and conquered, the same reasoning for getting rid of their kids. Same thing. And God had had enough. In fact, there's a there's a scripture in, in uh, I believe it's Exodus, or Leviticus, where it says, you know, and that's one of the reasons why God kept Israel in Egypt for 400 years, because it's a scripture that says the level of evil had not reached the place where it deserved the judgment of God amongst those people that were sacrificing their kids and committing all these heinous crimes. And I think you're going to see the overthrow of Western culture by a much more robust culture that respects children and respects life. More than the pseudo, I'll call it the pseudo-Christian, Judeo-Christian culture. Israel was used as a judgment tool of God against the Amorites, the Perizzites, and all those groups. And God being the fair God, I mean... Israel started practicing all those you know, pagan uh, uh, rituals as well, and he had the Babylonians come in and obliterate Israel because they were not following him. And I think you can see the long-term impact. It's been 40, 50 years now so, since we've had widespread abortion and access to abortion in Western cultures, and our Western culture is crumbling because we can't keep the economy going. We have no kids from our culture anyway. Oh, we got a few, but nowhere near what we need to keep our economies going. And that's why immigration is huge. Canada takes in more immigrants than any other nation in the world. Am I against immigration? Of course not. But I know why it's there. Because we've killed most of our kids. And those jobs got to go to somebody or the economy's going to fall apart. Well, it's going to fall apart anyway because of the way it's being mismanaged. But that is an example of the long-term impact of of basically giving God the finger and saying, we're going to do things our way, okay? This horrible disrespect for life. And it's it's happening. I I, I I would bet my life on it. And it's a slow erosion of what it means to be, you know, a... Uh, uh, um, a Judeo-Christian culture, okay? It's no longer a Judeo-Christian culture, I'll give you that. It's a pseudo-Judeo-Christian culture. In fact, the Bible says that uh, in, in 1 Timothy, it talks about the last days, and it says these people have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. And, and Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, like, you know, have, have nothing to do with these people. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits, and things taught by demons. No, what do you think of that? Things taught by demons. What would cause a mum to want to kill her kid? That is diabolical. Oh, they're not killing a kid. It's a fetus. Yeah, somebody has gone in there and warped our culture and warped our values to get young women to believe that that's not a baby. That's not a child. That's not a little boy. That's not a little girl. And I think we've been deceived. It says such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared, is with a hot iron. And and I think that's where we're at. And we're seeing the long-term impact of uh, uh, disrespect for life and and, and abortion. And nobody is predicting and nobody knows what the long-term impact of our attack on traditional marriage is going to be. Nobody's done any. Well, they have done a number of studies. But any studies that show a detrimental impact on, for instance, same-sex marriage, or transgenderism. I mean, the, 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 the gay activist lobby just vilify these studies. The most highest profile one was in the University of Texas in July of 2012, uh, four years ago. And they came out with some chilling findings. And it was peer-reviewed, had everything. And, of course, I read the, I read, uh, you know, the, the attacks on it and you know, the people's credibility that did this. They were just vilified because that's how powerful this almost fascist uh, a, a gay lobby is. You can't even talk about it. I mean, we're at the place now in Canada where, and I want to get into what the Pope said about transgenderism yesterday. And uh, isn't it interesting that you know, that's not in any of the print media today? 1310 on Rogers gave scant a uh, uh, mention of it in one of their news reports today. But, you know, and I think the reason that uh, print media didn't uh, report what the Pope said about transgenderism is because they've seen him, mainstream media has seen him as a pretty politically correct guy. You know, he's very anti-capitalistic. And, uh, you know, he, he's you know said some very, very Christ-like things. And I think that uh, uh, he's been a bit of a media darling. Well, he comes up with something like this. And they don't want to have anything to do with him, and nobody's printed what he said. And if you heard the show last night, you know what he said. And I want to give a, 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 a biblical perspective on that. And of course, I want to hear your thoughts on this as well. Okay, it's a little bit deep. It's a little bit uh, of a, of a departure from what we you know usually go for on on Ask the Pastor, but uh, no less important. In fact, incredibly important. I I shudder to think what the long term uh, uh, effects on health care, on social institutions on the economy, are going to be like when you erode and when you attack, you know, the foundation of the entire civilization, which is the, the you know, the nuclear traditional family. I think we're, I think we're in for uh, 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 an anarchic uh, uh, um, uh, degrading and fall of, uh, of Western civilization that's going to make the fall of Rome look like, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the packing up of a picnic and just moving it to another location. Of course, we want to hear from you, 343-700-4390. In the Capital Region, 343-700-4390. 1844-562-4766 is the long distance line. That's 1844-562-4766. It's Ask the Pastor on Late Night Council. Open line, open topic, all the way to 11. JC at Late Night Council is the email address. Got to keep it under six lines. JC at Late Night Council. And you can tweet at us at JW Council. Right back after these important messages. Stay with us.
3: time is here, and it's time to cool off with your friends at Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We feature 12 flavors of frozen yogurt daily, with a choice of over 55 delicious toppings to choose from. The combinations are endless. Chill out with our new fresh yogurt fruit smoothies, or be the hero at your next backyard barbecue or birthday celebration when you serve up our exquisite frozen yogurt cake to your family and friends. Visit us at 80 George Street in the Byward Market and 3091 Strandherd Drive in Barhaven. Menchis frozen yogurt. We make you smile.
1: Who's that man makes shawarma taste like no one can? He's a garlic king. And he can do anything. Who wears a crown, golden shoes, and a royal gown. The Garlic King. So tasty. Man, this food is so good. Don't talk with your mouse food. I'm just talking about the king. And I can't dig it. Discover why Really Lebanese is Ottawa's best shawarma. Really Lebanese, home of the Garlic King. St. Joseph Boulevard beside Pizza Hut in Orleans.
3: Garlic, I love it.
2: But fix it right the first time. Erwin's out of motion. Thirty-four, Cleopatra. Tell him council sent you. That'll make him smile. Yeah, the music's a little different on Ask the Pastor Night, isn't it? 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. 1844-562-4766 is long distance. That's 1844-562-4766. JC at latenightcouncil.com is the email address. Got to keep it under six lines. JC at latenightcouncil.com. And he can tweet at us at JWCouncil.com and i really wanted to give a spiritual perspective on on last night's lead story and uh the print media didn't touch it with a 10-foot pole today i mean they didn't you couldn't find this anywhere and i was quite surprised that 1310 rogers actually picked up the the um story and they quoted somebody that they promoted as being some type of expert in ministering to people that are tran- transgendered, and, and his understanding of Scripture and his understanding of the situation, I think, was absolutely abysmal. But I don't think culture wants to hear the truth when it comes to that whole topic. And I'll give you a little bit of it if you didn't hear what happened. Um, and I was greatly emboldened by the Pope's words yesterday. And uh, and this is from Vatican City. They're official circular here. Pope Francis has lamented that children are being taught at school that gender can be a choice. Francis weighed in with his view on gender and said the Vatican released a transcript Tuesday of those closed-door remarks. He said, we are living a moment of annihilation of man as the image of God. Today in schools they are teaching this to children. To children! And there's an exclamation point. That everyone can choose their gender. Or, you know, as they like to say it, you know, their gender is waiting to be discovered. He blamed this on textbooks supplied by persons and institutions who donate money. And he used the term ideological colonizing, backed by very influential countries, which he didn't identify. And he said that this whole thing, and this is the word he used, is terrible. Is terrible. Now, why am I bringing this up? Well, it's relevant to ask the pastor. But we've got a gay pride uh, parade coming up in Ottawa. And the city, of course, is promoting it. And they want us to celebrate the fact that the Grand Marshal of the Gay Pride Parade is a 10-year-old boy who has decided he's a girl. Or maybe his mom has decided that he is a girl. He's 10. He's 10! We're supposed to applaud this. We're supposed to... Get on board and promote it, and think, "Oh, that's wonderful." Now, I would not want to see that kid bullied. I would want to see that kid protected. And, uh, but, and in my opinion, I think you know his his, and I don't don't think he has a father, you know, or the father has has not been part of his, you know, being raised. You know, I think the parenting ability of his mom needs to be called in question here. Big time. John, you're sounding like your heart... No, no, no. listen here. Okay, listen. You've got to listen to this, okay? You can decide to drive a car in Ontario, but you're not going to do it until you're 16 because it requires maturity. You can kill somebody in a car. So nobody gets behind the wheel or gets licensed to drive a car until they're 16, okay? You can decide to vote for Kathleen Wynne in Ontario, but if you're not 18, that's not going to happen because the responsibility of having a vote... To choose our political leaders, that requires maturity. In Ontario, you can decide you want to buy as much booze as you can carry. But if you're not 19, forget it. You don't get to consume that booze or buy it. Now these are all, and I don't think anybody would argue with these laws, would they? We all agree on these laws. But if you're 10 years old... I mean, not only can you discover something that defies every cell in your body, and please don't give me this nonsense that, you know, nature doesn't determine. You know, these people that have, that have had gender reassignment surgery and going through hormone treatments and everything, every cell in their body, every, every cell in their body lets you know they're either male nor female. That's the biology of it. I know it's truthful. I know that type of hardcore proven science doesn't lie. And no matter what kind of whacked out philosophy or political activism takes place, I'm sorry, Bruce Jenner, every every cell in his body is male. male. Everyone. And he could take hormones until Jesus comes. And he can have radical surgeries that will not change the fact the trillions of cells in his body are all male. It's a biological fact. And political activists, are particularly you know, of the fascist type, they hate facts, especially when they disagree with their ideology. Okay, so at ten years old, you can defy your own biology. Okay, and you can at ten years old you can even make a decision that is going to impact every decision you will make for the rest of your life i would suggest that what gender you are and biology in my opinion has already decided it i would suggest that i would suggest that that, that gender is a, a much heavier issue than a driver's license the right to vote or the right to buy booze And here's what is so dangerous. And here is where our culture is turning into totalitarian fascism. And I'm not being sensational at all. If anybody questions that decision by the 10-year-old or his mom, or criticizes it, or tries to give that kid and his mom some much-needed counseling and advice that may suggest, you know, this is probably not a good decision here. Justin Trudeau wants to throw that person in jail. Simply calling this little boy a boy when he wants to be called a girl. Justin Trudeau wants to put people in jail for up to two years for doing that. Insanity is not only legal in Canada now, because it defies every, every, every uh, uh, a tenet of biology in, in the human body. Insanity is not only legal in Canada, the gay transgendered fascists, I'll call them, okay? They want anyone who disagrees exterminated. John, that's pretty strong words. Well, yeah, but they'll settle for jail time now. But they hate us with a passion, especially Christians. The Christophobia and the hatred for Christians that believe the Bible runs rampant throughout the whole gay activist crew. Most of the time, they don't even hide it, because they don't have to. Because we're a group that human rights commissions and the government has deemed open season. We can be persecuted, we can be fined, we can be brought before trials without facing our accusers, okay? Because we're not one of those politically correct books. uh, 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 Politically correct groups, sorry. And the implication of what Pope Francis said it was anybody other than Pope Francis, they'd get arrested in Canada under the new legislation that's coming through. And it's going to pass, too, because Trudeau's got a majority in the House. There's nothing to stop this. Now, whether it gets enforced, I, I can't see why it wouldn't get enforced. Under our laws, if he wasn't the Pope, he'd be locked up for saying what he said about gender. And those of us that still have a moral compass ought to be emboldened by Pope Francis and, and not be silent on this. I mean, we're supposed to be celebrating what these activists have done using this poor kid as a pawn to promote their perversion, okay? We're supposed to be celebrating that. I would be hauling his mom in for child abuse. And I don't want to think about the irreparable psychological and sociological damage it's doing to our children across Ontario because this philosophy is being promoted big time in our schools. And remember one of the architects of the sex curriculum uh, 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 that was pushed through, that we str- that we pushed back and had them pull out under McGinty. Remember one of the co-architects of this curriculum is serving time for child pornography right now, Ben Levin. And Kathleen Wynn has not proved adequately at all that there was no connection. And I remember the name Ben Levin before he was exposed for what he was doing and what he did. Because I have a number of friends in the education system that would go to conferences and would, you know, uh, uh, during PD days and have special speakers come in and this guy organized everything. He was Kathleen Wynne's right-hand man. He's a convicted child pornographer. And it's reaping confusion like crazy and, and... our culture doesn't even doesn't even care. They're not even thinking of the long-term consequences here. Do you know what impact it's going to have on our health care? you know what impact it's going to have on crime? Do you know what impact it's going to have on society when nobody can trust anybody anymore because our families have broken down? Well, it's all about just loving somebody. Yeah, you know how we measure that love? That changes with the weather, you know? I mean, we even have a law society here in Ontario that doesn't like the fact that, you know, uh, the, the people coming into practice law have taken a vow, even just for, you know, three, four years, that they will not be engaging in sex outside of marriage. They will not be taking drugs. They will not be doing alcohol. No, 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 that's repressive. And the obvious, the obvious implication is we like our lawyers getting pissed out of their minds. We like our lawyers bedding down anything that moves. We like our lawyers getting high. Oh, John, you're being ridiculous. Okay, well, there's only one other reason, okay? If that's not the reason they have come out so strong against Trinity Western University's law school, the only other reason is is an unnatural hatred for people who actually practice Christianity the way it's taught in the Bible. And Christians that actually believe the Bible and adhere to it We've become we've become like the Jews of pre World War II Germany, where we're getting blamed for everything, and we do not have the same defenses of our human rights that every other group does. When you try to set up a Christian prayer room, or you know, do anything like uh, uh, you know, mention the name of Jesus in a public school, you're going to get kicked out. But oh my goodness, you have nope. Oh yeah, we'll set up a Muslim prayer room. No problem well, because that's kind of tolerant, you know. I mean the double standard is insane and nobody says anything. Nobody says anything. Three four three, seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three, seven hundred forty three ninety. one eight four four five six two four seven six six. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. We have to do our information interlude. I've got some emails that just might make it on the air. We're going to find out whether they're airworthy first. And your calls as well. That's the pastor on Late Night Council. Stay with us. this is so much better than a news break. And most news breaks, all they have is bad news anyway. Well, you're going to hear some good news. Just stay right where you are. But you get a line while I'm catching my breath. 343-700-4390 in Eastern Ontario, Western Quebec, or one 562 4766 That's one lnc is on You can email me, jc at latenightcouncil.com. Keep it under six lines. And you can tweet at us at JW Council. Don't sweat it. I know I gave you those numbers pretty quick. I'm going to give them up before this break is over. Unfiltered, unfettered, uncensored. I have one program director now. God. I don't always follow through on my instructions, right? But he makes it pretty clear what he wants. What do you want? What do you like? What ticks you off? I want to hear from you. Listener feedback means a lot. Almost means as much as what the program director wants. And don't forget you can download all our shows for podcasts anytime. TuneIn.com seems to be the best and easiest way to hook up with us. Or if you prefer Google Play, that seems to work too. LateNightCouncil.com. Stay with us. Monday and Tuesday, it's news. Often some pretty good guests, too. Wednesday, it's Ask the Pastor. Thursday nights, we repeat the Ask the Pastor broadcast from the night before. And then Friday night, well, we fool around on Friday. We give stuff away. We have fun, because that's what you're supposed to do on Friday. And if you miss any of the shows, well, that's what podcasts are for. 343 74390 That's 343-700-4390. That is the Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec line, the whole capital region and one 562 4766 That's long distance. 1-844-562-4766. Of course you can advertise on Late Night Council. In fact, the ad space is quickly getting claimed. Get in now while the rates are still low. Email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com for more details. Welcome back to Ask the Pastor on Late Night Council. We repeat this tomorrow night in this time slot. And then Friday's Freebie Fridays. Of course, you just heard that. If you were paying attention to the information interlude, 343-700-4390 if you want to get in on this. That's 343-700-4390. 1844-562-4766 is the long distance line. That's 1844-562-4766. John, you sound different tonight. Are you all right? No, I'm, I'm battling a flu. But it's my microphone and my headphones, so I know I'm not infecting anybody here, so we're okay. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. Got an email. Going to read it in just a sec. It's under six lines, and it's airworthy, and I don't mind responding to it. JC at LateNightCouncil.com, and you can tweet at us at JWCouncil. It's from Eric. John, I've heard theories that Muhammad is the Antichrist and Allah is Satan. The Islam religion sure has a hate on for Jews and Christians. It's just a matter of time before there is another Islamic terrorist attack. I know Muhammad died hundreds of years ago, but he does live in the hearts of Muslims today. Do you think this theory holds any water? No, not at all, Eric. Muslims do not have a hate on for Jews and Christians, okay? As a matter of fact, one of the stories I want to cover tonight was all through France last Sunday okay just the Sunday past three days ago all through France Muslims packed into Catholic churches to worship with Catholics to show solidarity and to encourage their Christian brothers and sisters that we're standing with you here that this is not an Islamic thing this is you know extremist nonsense it is a you know it's a it's an extreme faction and a fanatical faction of Islam no doubt okay But they don't have a hate on for Christians and Jews. Now, some of them do, but thank God the whopping majority don't. And I refer back to um, a a delightful guest I had on my show about, oh, seven or eight years ago. And he was doing a speaking tour across Canada. He pastors the largest evangelical church in Jakarta, Indonesia. Indonesia has more Muslims than any other country in the world. this guy's church, you know, it's a big mega church, about 3,000. And in the years that he's been there, there's been a number of times when extremist sects of the, you know, like uh, Al Qaeda factions, ISIS factions, you know, they would come and attack and uh, want to vandalize and wreak havoc on his church. And he said, "My greatest line of defense has always been my Muslim brothers. They've even, they've even, there's even times when they would form a ring around our church to guard our church so that we could worship. So you can't make those, you know, those blatant." Statements about uh, uh, Islam like that, Eric. Okay, and there needs to be a lot of dialogue. And I don't want to compromise, you know, uh, morality. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to give up, you know, what my my uh, great uncles died for in World War One. Okay, I don't want to. Uh, you know, I don't want to give up what has been fought for so hard. The freedom, you know, to believe the way we want to believe. The freedom to express opinion. The freedom. To uh, uh freedom of religion, freedom of expression, freedom of speech, freedom of association. These freedoms are being eroded in a in a in a just a a very scary way, more and more and more, and it's insidious. And um the biblical perspective on it is that uh God talks about uh spiritual blindness. In Romans one, he says that he's turned the culture over to a depraved mind, you know. It's kind of disconnected their brains, so they ought to do what, uh, so they they're doing what uh, they should shouldn't be done. And in Second Corinthians four, it, it it's quite eloquent. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and he says that that the God of this world has blinded the minds. So I'll read it here. This is Second Corinthians four four. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Spiritual blindness. I mean, the values that we are embracing now, your parents and grandparents would shudder to think that, you know, that uh, you got to be kidding me. That's acceptable now? And they try to, re- you know, revise history by saying, oh, well, you know, when our parents were alive, everybody was so repressed. And you know what? We could use some sexual repression right now. We live in an absolutely porn-saturated culture women are treated like meat and there's pressure all the time to, you know, sexualize children because the perverts that run our country, you know, see them as, a, as you know, a potential turn on as well. How bad's it going to get? Well, you know, I don't talk about it that much because it's gross and it's sensational. But one of the most popular uh, 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 sexual vacations you can get in Germany now and other uh, European countries is uh, they've opened up brothels on farms so that people can come and have sex with animals. And it's a it's a burgeoning business. There's all kinds of and you know, they've lobbied, you know, the animal rights people and they've convinced animal rights people that, you know, we're not harming these animals, you know, so even, you know, some of the animals actually like it. That is hugely popular in Europe and it's growing by leaps and bounds. And it's probably already taking place here in Canada, but nobody's reported it on it yet. But that kind of activity is widespread in Europe right now. See, once you de- once you make the decision that you know morality is whatever we decide it, it is, once you abandon moral absolutes. Once you know, once you go to the, once you cross the line where marriage is whatever we want it to be, sexuality is whatever we want to be. When you remove the morality thing out of it, there's there's no restraints anymore. And the biblical perspective is this happened to a number of cultures. It Happened before the ark in Noah's time. It happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. It happened even to Israel. Israel was embracing horrible. Acts of immorality before God finally said enough and brought Babylon in to judge Israel. God's no respecter of persons, you know. He's, he doesn't have favorites here. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety in the capital region. One eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. That is the email address, and you can tweet at us at JWCouncil. Haven't got any tweets that I can read, except I should put this one out. Darlene Chidley at Darlene Chidley. Are you sick again? Really, John, take care of yourself. <laughs> Thank you, Darlene. <laughs> Well, your tweet has kind of like cheered me up a little bit. Laughter is uh, laughter is great medicine. That comes from Proverbs. I remember, uh, um, do you remember the old Saturday Night Live? They used to have this uh, guy that would, and, and his words and his Proverbs would kind of scroll down the screen just before they were going to commercial. Remember the Jack Handy, deep thoughts with Jack Handy? The one deep thought by Jack Handy I remember the most was, Grandpa said that laughter was always the best medicine. Which would probably explain why he died of tuberculosis. <laughs> I'm sorry, three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. How do you feel about our universities becoming bastions of repressive fascism? I mean i'm I'm old enough to remember you remember the sixties, you know, and the how subversive and how rebellious and how anti-establishment universities used to be you know they were always going after the man they were always you know rebelling against authority and universities are the exact opposite now i mean you you espouse uh, all the kids have to espouse the same values and the moral repression and political repression in universities is is monumental you deviate from the accepted politically correct norm in a university, and you are going to you are going to be ostracized. You are going to be vilified. Your years in university are going to be uh, miserable. I've mentioned often the ad that the conservatives put in newspapers across Canada. Oh, it'd be about ten years ago now, and it was so true. Full page ad, good looking, you know, nineteen year old kid. With, I think he had a black eye. He said, "You want to tick off your university professor? Tell him you're a conservative." And it's gone past political correctness. It's gone past left wing wackoism. It's like left wing uh, um, um, fascism now. Here's another example of it. In Brandon University, of course, I lived you know six years in Brandon. This is dear to my heart. Here, a pro life student group in Manitoba is listen to this is suing. A university's student union for stripping it of its official club status. A move, the anti-abortion group says, is tainted with bias. Pro-life group got their charter taken away for no other reason except, you know, the union is run by a bunch of left-wing fascists. Politically correct fascists. Brand University Students for Life is the group. And I'm quoting their leader. We feel marginalized, censored, and discriminated against by BUSU, Brand New University Students' Union. Simply because we want to host events, share our views, and have discussions about life and death issues, such as abortion and physicians-assisted suicide, said Catherine Dubois, Students for Life president, in her affidavit. The group said its objective is to promote the protection of human life from conception until natural death and educate others through peaceful protests and charitable volunteerism. And yet the student union, our are such a bunch of politically correct fascists for no other reason than, than blatant hatred for people who actually live the Bible. Well, they're getting sued. I predict, you know, they're, they're probably not going to get anywhere with this suit because the courts are sto- so stacked against uh, uh, people that, you know, practice Christianity nowadays. Now, if you practice Christianity like our politicians do, you know, like where they will tell you that's a personal thing and I don't talk about that in public, you know, You know, if you just give nominal lip service to it, that's very politically correct. But if you actually espouse faithfulness to your, you know, wife, if you actually espouse, for instance, a heterosexual marriage, or if you actually espouse a revulsion for sexual immorality, oh my goodness, you're a target. You're a target. And you're not only to accept... You're not only to accept what Christians believe to be perversion, okay? You're not only to accept it in our culture, you're to promote it. And if you don't, you're going to be put in prison. Because that's the legislation that Justin Trudeau is trying to push through right now. If a man wants to be called a woman, and you call him a man, prison for two years. It's in the papers. Look it up. I'm not making this up, folks. I'm not being sensational. This is the country that you live in. This is the stuff that your leaders are pushing through, and we're letting them. 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. That's 343-700-4390. 562 4766 is the long-distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. You can tweet at me at JW Council. You can email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. Right back after these very, very important messages. Stay with us.
0: Sing it with me everybody
1: no change. Man, make shawarma taste like no one can. The Garlic King. And he can do anything. Who wears a crown, golden shoes, and a royal gown? The Garlic King. So tasty. Man, this food is so good. Don't talk with your mouth food. I'm just talking about the king. And I can dig it. Discover why Really Lebanese is Ottawa's best shawarma. Really Lebanese, home of the Garlic King. St. Joseph Boulevard beside Pizza Hut in Orleans. Garlic, I love it.
4: Timmo's 2000 Mobile Auto Cleaning comes right to your driveway makes your vehicle look brand new again. Classic cars, bikes, boats, RVs, dump trucks, hot rods, tractors, transport trucks. We can even make your minivan look like the day you drove it off the lot. Did you spill too much coffee on your seat? Did Junior decide he couldn't wait till he got home? And yuck, maybe you're just long overdue for that meticulous cleaning. Maybe you want to sell the old beast. Smartest thing you can do is make it look brand new again. Timmo's 2000, 613-327-8498, 613-327-8498, or go to timmos 2000com
3: Summertime is here, and it's time to cool off with your friends at Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We feature 12 flavors of frozen yogurt daily, with a choice of over 55 delicious toppings to choose from. The combinations are endless. Chill out with our new fresh yogurt fruit smoothies, or be the hero at your next backyard barbecue or birthday celebration when you serve up our exquisite frozen yogurt cake to your family and friends. Visit us at 80 George Street in the Byward Market and 3091 Strandherd Drive in Barhaven. Menchie's frozen yogurt. We make you smile.
2: That, uh, it's really sad, that story that, uh, you know, Muslims were crowding into Catholic churches across France last Sunday to show their support for uh, congregations and making the statement that Muslims did not kill, you know, Jacques Camel. That was, you know, people that were of an Islamic bent, but certainly, you know, taking it to extremes. And, you uh, it's really sad that that story was not carried on any mainstream media that I saw. And I, you know, I I frequent, you know, the most popular um, um, news sites in North America. And you know where I found that? I found that on ChristianPost.com. ChristianPost.com is uh, the most popular and most visited evangelical news source in the world. And, you know the news it's almost diabolical in the way you know they they hold back certain stories and they'll promote other stories it's really scandalous and the people that make those decisions they're not held accountable to anybody they can they can mold society they can mold public opinion you, you Yeah, and I'm much more freer to talk about this stuff now because my show isn't, you know, produced by a a corporate huge company that's got all sorts of concerns and, uh, you know, uh, political obligations. I mean, when you're doing your own thing like this, you you can say just about anything you want. And what gets on the news and what doesn't get on the news and who decides that? I mean, it has incredible influence. And it molds public opinion. Don't buy this for a second that media is simply a reflection of where people's values are. There is some truth to that because, you know, media exists, you know, to make money. And, you know, they want to make what, they, they want to put out there what's going to, you know, keep them going and they want high ratings and they want to they wanna sell ad space and, and uh, but really, you know, As far as morality, as far as being the salt of the earth, as far as being a benefit to society, as far as informing people on stuff that's important, they don't care about stuff like that. They're far more interested in molding public opinion. And I remember getting into, you know, and for years I've gotten into a number of, uh, you know, quite heated discussions with, you know, uh, people that make those decisions in media. And they deny, no, we just give the people what we want, what they want, you know. It doesn't have that kind of impact on people. It's just entertainment. It's just news. That's bull crap. You know, if you ever hear anybody that says, you know, media does not affect culture and doesn't affect public opinion, they're in total denial of the fact that huge corporations and companies spend billions and billions of dollars on advertising because they know that media affects people. They know they can create a desire for their products and for their services. And if they don't do that, they're nowhere. And, and I just think it's really sad, you know, with, with all of the conflict and with all of the, you know, the hatred that is being promoted, uh, you know, against Islam. That a story like that, Muslims, you know, crowding into Catholic churches just to lend support. I, I was really disheartened that, that there was not a mainstream media outlet that picked up that story at all. It's old news now. You, you wouldn't have heard of it if you hadn't have tuned into the show tonight. 343700. 4 to That's 343 700 is the long distance. That's one 844 562 JC at LateNightCouncil.com. And you can tweet us at uh, JWCouncil. More evidence that our universities are becoming bastions of fascist repression. This whole, and you know, you've heard me talk about uh, Trinity Western University's law school. And a guy by the name of Howard Anglin. I haven't heard of this guy before. But he was a a former senior advisor for legal affairs and policy. And deputy chief of staff to Prime Minister Stephen Harper. It seems the singular threat of a Christian law school in Canada is too much for these churlish churlish regulators. He's talking about the Law Society of Ontario. It is not enough for them to disapprove of TW's values. They must denounce, deny, and utterly destroy them. This persecution of unpopular beliefs is exactly the sort of bigotry that the Charter was supposed to prevent something. That the Charter was supposed to uh, prevent something the lifelong Roman Catholic Pierre Trudeau would have understood. I, I question that. But that's Anglin's words, not mine. It is unfortunate T W finds itself back here again, even if T W prevails at the Supreme Court a second time. The first time, the British Columbia um, um, Teachers Association wanted to, well, I'll give you Anglin's words on it here. Fifteen years ago, the Supreme Court held that British Columbia College of Teachers could not deny accreditation to TW's teaching program. Because the school's community covenant, among other things, prohibits sexual intimacy for students outside of traditionally defined marriage. The Supreme Court found no evidence that graduates sincerely held religious beliefs meant that they would not be competent teachers. They ruled that 15 years ago. So that's what he's referring to when he says, it is unfortunate T W finds, TW finds itself back here again in front of the Supreme Court. Even if TWU prevails at the Supreme Court a second time, this law society's intolerance shows that for all their talk of respecting diversity and rooting out systemic bias in society the guardians of canada's legal profession have a hard time recognizing these same problems in their own houses the hypocrisy that runs through our institutions the hypocrisy that runs through the you know for instance the ontario law society in our universities on the stories that get on mainstream media and, and the ones that don't, the hypocrisy is monumental, I have never seen I've, I've never seen such hatred for people who practice biblical Christianity like there is in the culture right now. Let me push it a little further. I would suggest it's even demonic It is. hey Jesus talked about the devil. Jesus was very, very clear when he talked about evil. And, you know, he said some pretty radical things that really caught people's attention. You know, this crazy, whacked-out, hippie, over-tolerant, politically correct image that people have of Jesus is so unbiblical, so historically inaccurate. You know, this guy that uh, was um, defending and attacking the Pope for calling you know, the uh, the bending of gender, is, uh, gender uh, and, and forcing that morality on children. He called it terrible yesterday. And this guy that I heard on the news today, he, he's the head of some type of, it's supposedly a Christian ministry. Well, I can tell you right now it's a Christian ministry that's totally abandoned scriptural principles. Because he was going after the Pope and suggesting that the Pope didn't understand. I, I would suggest that the demonic is is, is is functioning, you know, at a high level right now. The spiritual blindness I find in people is absolutely astounding. What used to be white is black. What used to be black is white. Our system for, um, um, you know, what, what we used to call love, what we used to call honor, what we used to call nobility... Those are words that, you know, have been so hacked to death by political correctness. And and it it is so 1984-ish. And I'm shocked that more people can't see what's going on here. That these hypocrites and these bigots keep getting voted in as our leaders. That these these repressive, fascist, anti-freedom, anti-morality... I'll call them perverts. I can't believe, you know, what their poll numbers look like. Is that because the culture is as corrupt as it, as I fear it is? You'd think they'd give their head a shake, you know? They'd think they'd put two and two together and realize, you know, the people that are doing the, the most for addicts and have a, the most successful track record, the people that are doing most for the poor, and getting them on their feet and changing their lives. They're Christians in our inner cities here. You'd think they'd they take it a bit further and say, "Hey, maybe we need to listen to what they're doing, and not, you know, be so hard on them." But no. Think that over. Give me a call 343 700 4390 I want to hear your take on it. 343 700 4390. 1844-562-4766. We're we'll right back after a short break. Stay with us. This is so much better than a news break. And most news breaks, all they have is bad news anyway. Well, you're going to hear some good news. Just stay right where you are. But you get a line while I'm catching my breath. 343-700-4390 in eastern Ontario, western Quebec, or one 562 4766 That's 1-844-LNC-IS-ON. You can email me, jc at late Keep it under six lines. And you can tweet at us at jwcouncil.com. Don't sweat it. I know you gave you those numbers pretty quick. I'm going to give them up before this break is over. Unfiltered, unfettered, uncensored. I have one program director now. God. I don't always follow through on my instructions, right? But he makes it pretty clear what he wants. What do you want? What do you like? What ticks you off? I want to hear from you. Listener feedback means a lot, almost means as much as what the program director wants. And don't forget, you can download all our shows for podcasts anytime. TuneIn.com seems to be the best and easiest way to hook up with us. Or if you prefer Google Play, that seems to work too. LateNightCouncil.com. Stay with us. Monday and Tuesday, it's news. Often some pretty good guests, too. Wednesday, it's Ask the Pastor. Thursday nights, we repeat the Ask the Pastor broadcast from the night before. And then Friday night, well, we fool around on Friday. We give stuff away. We have fun, because that's what you're supposed to do on Friday. And if you miss any of the shows, well, that's what podcasts are for. 343 700 4390. That's 343 700 4390. That is the Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec line, the whole capital region. And 1 844 562 That's long distance. 1 844 562 4766. Of course you can advertise on Late Night Council. In fact, the ad space is quickly getting claimed. Get in now while the rates are still low. Email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com for more details. Contrary to, you know, what it sounds like tonight, I am not in a grumpy mood, okay? I'm not dour or dark. I have the flu, okay? I'm battling the flu. And I came within inches of canceling the show tonight. I was seriously considering can- canceling the show. When I woke up this morning, I felt like I'd been hit by a Mack truck. I just It was like I didn't even sleep. You know when you wake up in the morning and you feel, yeah, here we go, you know? Well... When I woke up this morning, it was like I felt what I felt like at the end of the day yesterday. i got to get to bed. I'm just dying, you know? But Tylenol worked its magic and put me in a category where, okay, I could kind of be coherent. It's going to be a little slower tonight. It's going to be, you know, I'm not going to be my animated, jovial self. It's not that I'm not jovial. It's just I'm (laughs) battling the flu here. And I... And I I apologize if this isn't coming off, <laughs> you know, like it usually does. It's ask the pastor. It's open line, open topic, all the way to eleven o'clock. I'm talking a little slower, a little more measured. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. But one of the main reasons that I that I uh, uh, probably the main reason that, that that you know I said no, I got to do this show tonight. Um, you know, this whole issue of Pope Francis suggesting that, you know, the way we're forcing our children to believe that gender is something that they discover, and it's not determined by our biology, he has called it, in his words, terrible. It is terrible. And he says, and he also says, we are living a moment of annihilation of man as the image of God. He's very, very emotional on this. You know, with exclamation points and the in the document and everything. And, of course, that story didn't make mainstream media at all. And, you know, Gay Pride Parade is coming up here in Ottawa, and the Grand Marshal is going to be a 10-year-old boy who wants to be called a girl. He's 10 years old. And we're supposed to celebrate it. We're supposed to support it. We're not supposed to call to account, you know, his his mom, that, in my opinion, has done a... in my opinion, it's child abuse. You can't drive a car unless you're 16 years old because it requires maturity. You can't vote in Ontario unless you're 18 because it requires maturity. You can't buy booze in Ontario unless you're 19 because it requires maturity. And the whole fascist gay activist cult wants us to celebrate something that a 10-year-old has decided? a decision that will affect just about every decision and every event in his life for the rest of his life, I would suggest that your gender is way more important than whether you drive a car, buy booze, or vote. If you're 18, 19, 20, you can live any way you want. You want to get hormone treatments, you want to change your gender, that's fine. But to let a kid determine that... I I, I feel... I feel incredibly protective for this kid. I would not want to see this kid bullied in any way. But I think, in my opinion, I think his mom's a whack job. I think his mom has failed miserably. And when I hear, you know, the Pope being criticized by somebody who, you know, leads a pseudo-ministry on the media today, suggesting that the Pope doesn't know what he's talking about. He just doesn't understand. I can't believe the level of moral blindness in our culture today. And I can't believe how how we are, to a great degree, we are producing some of the most confused young people when it comes to what morality is in this province. I I shudder to think what the long-term consequences are going to be. And to complicate it even more, we've got legislation that Justin Trudeau is committed to pushing through federally that if you don't give in to people like this, and if you don't, you don't uh, uh, sanction and promote their supposed choice of gender, they want to lock you up for two years. So in other words, the Pope, for what he said, even criticizing, if he wasn't the Pope, under the legislation that Trudeau wants to bring in, and he's going to bring it in, there's nothing to stop it from happening. If he wasn't the Pope, he'd be locked up for two years. I mean, how insane is this? There are two genders in nature. Every molecule, every cell in your body, your DNA, they can get DNA evidence at a crime scene and they can tell whether the crime was committed by a male or a female because every cell in your body tells you are either male or female. It's a biological fact. And I would suggest to the mom that said, well, he wanted to be a girl, that's your responsibility. Because the kid's messed up now. Ten years old. And we're supposed to celebrate this. And I think our school system is wreaking moral havoc on this province. And one of the co-architects of the whole sex ed curriculum is serving time for child molestation and child pornography now. And the media covered that up. No investigative reports that, you know, held Kathleen Wynne responsible for that. And she passed it off as saying, oh no, he had nothing to do with the curriculum. Bull crap he didn't. Because I've seen the emails of the kind of control and the kind of authority that he had over teachers and school boards across Ontario. He was the guy that really ran the department. Kathleen Wynne was just the figurehead when she was the Ministry of Edu- Minister of Education. And we're letting it happen. You people that vote for Yasser Nakfi and Bob Shirelli and John Fraser and Madeline Muir, you don't even care about this stuff, do you? Morality has become you know, the, the whims of uh, of the mob now. Aiton sent me this. In the listen to this. This is chilling. Okay. This is a document from seventy years ago. February nineteen forty six issue of Psychiatry. Guy, my name a Brock Chisholm, writes, to achieve world government. It is necessary to remove from the minds of men their individualism. Loyalty to family traditions, national patriotism, and religious dogmas. We have swallowed all manner of poisonous certainties fed us by our parents, our Sunday and day school teachers, our politicians, our priests. The reinterpretation and eventual eradication of the concept of right and wrong, which has been the basis of child training, the substitution of intelligent and rational thinking for faith, In the certainties of old people, these are the belated objectives for charting the changes in human behavior. Children have to be freed from religious and other cultural prejudices, forced upon them by parents, civil and religious authorities. Sex education should be introduced in the fourth grade, eliminating the ways of elders by force, if necessary. Brock Chisholm was the Deputy Minister of Health to Paul Martin Sr., in the nineteen forties, also an ex military psychiatrist, thirteenth Canadian Surgeon General, became the first Director General of the UN World Health Organization. This is the core of these people's philosophy. They want to destroy everything that you know that we've held dear. And if you're a Bible believing Christian, pfft, was it Cardinal George? former Archbishop of the Chicago Diocese. He died last year. And his words, I think, are prophetic and they're chilling. He said before he died, a few months before he died, he said, I'm going to die in bed. My successor will probably die in prison. And his successor will be executed in the public square. I have no reason to believe that prophecy will not come true. That sounds dark. That sounds, you know, repressive. It almost sounds Nazi-like, but this is the natural natural extension when, you know, when when y- 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 people that adhere to biblical uh, uh, principles are being made a target, are being made a scapegoat, do not have access to defense when it comes to, you know, human rights, when everybody can, you know. I mean, uh, there are people There are people that, uh, uh, and this is well documented. No, I I, I won't print up your wedding invitations because I I find, I I don't believe, I believe same-sex marriage is sin. The fines levied so heavy against the printer, the printer had to go out of business. Unbelievable. No, I won't bake the cake for, you know, the wedding because I don't believe that's right. Bakery goes out of business. Now, notice the fascist gay activists, they don't go to any Muslim bakeries. They don't go to any Muslim, you know, printers and attack them because they know that Muslims will be protected by human rights courts. Christians won't, though. And I fear, like, back to the whole gay pride parade here in in, in Ottawa, this little kid that, you know, uh, his his mom is, you know, raised to to uh, sanction his uh, his uh, gender confusion he's being used as a pawn he's being used as a pawn by gay activist fascists to promote their warped version of morality and force it on all of us and if you criticize or you even try to help the kid you know to give him some you know some uh, substantial uh, uh, morality that might save him a ton of grief they want to imprison us And I said it when I was on, you know, CFRA. I think it's only a matter of time before, you know, people like me who are, who are making public and, and, and sharing, you know, uh, exercising uh, uh, our freedom of speech, which is being eroded more and more and more. It's only a matter of time before, you know, I get taken off the air or I get fined or, you know, they force bankruptcy or I, I end up going to prison. Because that's where this is going. Solzhenitsyn said, forget history. Lose an eye, ignore history, lose both eyes. And culturally, in Western culture, we're seeing the same type of fascist repression in Western culture aimed at Bible-believing Christians. It's the same type of insidious uh, fascist pressure that was aimed at Jews in World War in, in prior to World War Two. Hitler was successful in. Convincing sophisticated and educated and intelligent Germany that the Jews were, you know, the real problem, and if we can just get rid of them, we'll, you know, we'll usher in a golden age. And Justin Trudeau and Kathleen Wynne, okay, they don't come right out and say it, but it's obvious. Their bigotry and hatred for people who actually practice their Christianity is, is, is I would say it's it's borderline demonic. It is. Let's label it for what it is call in prove me otherwise am i extreme by espousing that am i being sensational you tell me 34374390 in the capital region that's 343 700 4390 18445624766 that's 18445624766 you can email me, jc at late council.com. jc at late council.com. You can tweet at me, at jw council. And we're right back after these messages. Stay with us. <laughs>
1: That man makes shawarma taste like no one can. The Garlic King. And he can do anything. Who wears a crown, golden shoes, and a royal gown? The Garlic King. So tasty. Man, this food is so good. Don't talk with your mouse food. I'm just talking about the king. And I can dig it. Discover why Really Lebanese is Ottawa's best shawarma. Really Lebanese, home of the Garlic King. St. Joseph Boulevard beside Pizza Hut in Orleans.
3: Garlic, I love it. Summertime is here, and it's time to cool off with your friends at Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We feature twelve flavors of frozen yogurt daily, with a choice of over fifty-five delicious toppings to choose from. The combinations are endless. Chill out with our new fresh yogurt fruit smoothies, or be the hero at your next backyard barbecue or birthday celebration when you serve up our exquisite frozen yogurt cake to your family and friends. Visit us at 80 George Street in the Byward Market and 3091 Stranherd Drive in Barhaven. Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We make you smile. Timo's 2000 Mobile Auto Cleaning
4: comes right to your driveway and makes your vehicle look brand new again. Classic cars, bikes, boats, RVs, dump trucks, hot rods, tractors, transport trucks. We can even make your minivan look like the day you drove it off the lot. Did you spill too much coffee on your seat? Did Junior decide he couldn't wait till he got home? And yuck, maybe you're just long overdue for that meticulous cleaning. Maybe you want to sell the old beast. Smartest thing you can do is make it look brand new again. Timo's 2000, 613-327-8498, 613-327-8498, or go to timos2000.com.
2: Welcome back. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766. 1-844-562-4766. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. And Maureen has sent me an email. I assume she's talking about Justin here. Or as we refer to him on this program as Spongebob Trudeau. He stands with France after they were attacked in Nice. The Pope says it's terrible that children are taught that they can choose gender. Does he stand with him? I suppose not. I suppose that means he stands in opposition to the Pope. Will he stand up and say so? Of course not. And nobody holds Justin to account for his, you know, supposed adherence to the Catholic Church. He tries to get people to believe that he's Catholic, and yet he promotes absolutely everything that his church is diametrically opposed to. In fact, I would suggest that people like Justin and Kathleen Wynne, Dalton McGinty, Paul Martin, Jean Chrétien, I don't know about Kathleen Wynne, but the rest of them, they all like people to think that they're practicing Catholics. They've done more to attack everything that the Catholic Church teaches about morality than anybody else in Canada in the last 15 years, 20 years. And just my opinion, you want to call it an argue, I think that the Catholic leadership have been a bunch of pussy-footed wimps that they haven't excommunicated these bozos. Those people I mentioned right now, they are enemies of morality, they are enemies of the traditional family, They are en- they are enemies of the Catholic Church. Joe Clark, I would throw him in there as well. And when they pass off you know, this thought of, well, that's a personal thing, I don't talk about it, that's in total denial of the person who's supposed to be their Lord if, they, if they're Catholics. When Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me and my words, I will be ashamed of you before my Father. In other words, don't go passing yourself off as some type of Catholic or Christian when you're, even, when you're so much of a coward that you can't stand up for the morality that you were raised to know is right and God-honoring. Please don't give me this crap that I'm judging. I'm expressing an opinion here, and I reserve the right to be wrong. But in my opinion, I don't think Justin Trudeau cares what God thinks at all. If you want to argue the fact, that's the way I've talked. That's why I put the lines out all the time. Hey, listen, I state opinions all the time. And I make myself accountable to people that are listening. You can call in and give me your side. But I don't think—I don't think those leaders that I've just mentioned. I don't think any of them care one whit about God or morality or the long-term implications of their actions whatsoever. I think they are hell bent on a on a on on depravity. I really do. And I base that on on. Uh, Man, I keep referring to Romans 1 all the time. Romans 1 is timeless. It's incredible. Written 2000 years ago, and it sizes up you know so many cultures that have abandoned moral absolutes, that have, you know, given into the whims of relativism. The wrath of God is being revealed. I'm reading Romans Starting at 118. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Hear that? Suppress the truth. Pro-life group in Brand University gets their charter taken away. For no other reason other than these people are, you know, they're practicing Christians. They live the Bible. Law Society of Ontario. I mean... That's the board that governs and polices lawyers. Doesn't want people from Trinity Western University's law school to practice in Ontario because they made a covenant that they would not have sex outside of traditional marriage and they'd stay away from alcohol and drugs. So there's only two reasons they would do that. Either they really like their lawyers sleeping around with everything that moves and getting high all the time and pissed out of their minds, okay? It's got to be that reason, or they just hate. They have an unnatural, bigoted hatred for people that adhere to biblical morality. So you got it here in Romans. They suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God's made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they either glorified him as God. So in other words, they had a semblance of God in their past sometime, you know? Like, for instance, let's say the Law Society of Canada. You know, 50 years ago, oh, 50 years ago, you could probably safely say that most people that were part of the Law Society of Canada adhered profoundly and passionately to Judeo-Christian ideals. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking, look at this, their thinking became futile. And their foolish hearts were darkened. And although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. And exchanged the glory of a mortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so that, they, so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossip, slanders, God-haters. God-haters. I think it's pretty clear what's going on here in our culture. Let's call it for what the Bible calls it, God-haters insolent arrogant and boastful they invent ways of doing evil they disobey their parents they have no understanding no fidelity no love no mercy although they know god's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death they not only continue to do these very things but also approve of those who practice them i think that sizes up our culture perfectly i really do and in the, midst of, in the midst of such depravity, in the midst of, you know, a culture that has lost its moral compass. The joy of the Lord, the abundant life that Christ promised. He said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. In the midst of this repressive, fascist, truth-hating culture. There are people that are experiencing, you know, peace that passes understanding. Joy that knows no limits, that doesn't depend on, you know, circumstances. And those are the people that have the life of Christ thriving in their lives. In the midst of hell, you could be smiling. In the midst of hell, in fact, the psalmist said it, you know, in in, in, uh, in the presence of my enemies, I'm feasting on a smorgasbord. I'm using my own vernacular, but that's exactly what it says in Psalm 23. we got to do an information interlude. i got to take a break. If I seem more subdued tonight, it's because I've I've been battling the flu all day. But this is important stuff, and that's why I'm here with you tonight. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is long distance. That's 1-844-LNC is on. 1-844-562-4766. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. That's JC at LateNightCouncil.com. Keep it under six lines, and you can tweet at us at JWCouncil. Right back after this. Stay with us. this is so much better than a news break. And most news breaks, all they have is bad news anyway. Well, you're going to hear some good news. Just stay right where you are. But you get a line while I'm catching my breath. 343-700-4390 in Eastern Ontario, Western Quebec, or 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-LNC-IS-ON. You can email me, jc at jc.latenightcouncil.com. Keep it under six lines. And you can tweet at us at jwcouncil.com. Don't sweat it. I know you gave you those numbers pretty quick. I'm going to give them up before this break is over. Unfiltered, unfettered, uncensored. I have one program director now. God. I don't always follow through on my instructions, right? But he makes it pretty clear what he wants. What do you want? What do you like? What ticks you off? I want to hear from you. Listener feedback means a lot. Almost means as much as what the program director wants. And don't forget you can download all our shows for podcasts anytime. TuneIn.com seems to be the best and easiest way to hook up with us. Or if you prefer Google Play, that seems to work too. LateNightCouncil.com. Stay with us. Monday and Tuesday, it's news. Often some pretty good guests, too. Wednesday, it's Ask the Pastor. Thursday nights, we repeat the Ask the Pastor broadcast from the night before. And then Friday night, well, we fool around on Friday. We give stuff away. We have fun, because that's what you're supposed to do on Friday. And if you miss any of the shows, well, that's what podcasts are for. 343 74390 That's 343-700-4390. That is the Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec line, the whole capital region. And one 562 4766 That's long distance. one 562 4766 Of course you can advertise on Late Night Council. In fact, the ad space is quickly getting claimed. Get in now while the rates are still low. Email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com for more details. 343 in the capital region. That's 343 74390 4390 one 1-844-562-4766. JC at is the email. And JW Council is the Twitter Exchange. Got an email from Ken here. And it's an interesting email. Short and direct to the point, exactly, you know, the kind of stuff that gets on air when it's airworthy. The great challenge of the church in today's society is speaking into a culture that perceives us as irrelevant and out of touch. The media knows this and loves to take advantage of the fact. Yeah, it's very true. That's very true. And when the church did have, you know, a say in society and had a semblance of authority, it didn't do too well with that authority. It tended to be arrogant and even repressive. And the rules and the regulations were emphasized over what I talked about just before we went to the break. You know, the abundant life that that Christ promises and the joy of the Lord and the peace that passes understanding and the, you know, the courage and the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, tenderness, gentleness, meekness, long-suffering. That's, you know, another word for patience. Against such there is no law. When the church had more influence in culture, at least when I was younger and in my parents' generation, you know, it didn't traffic in those positive aspects. It didn't traffic in, I mean, there were always, you know, good organizations that fed the poor and worked with addicts and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, the repressed and worked for justice. Those organizations were always there. But a lot of people that were part of churches, you know, there was a lot of repression there was a lot of ego, and I don't even want to go down the road of you know the the sexual abuse that took place, and the spiritual abuse and manipulation that took place by churches. So Ken, you're hitting on something that's very very powerful. Anybody that's a follower of Christ, if, if you want to, you know, shine the light in the dark. If and Jesus says, you know, to let our light shine, He says we're the salt of the earth. You know, if we're to have an impact on society that's positive. Before you even, you know, build relationships with people that uh, uh, you know need the light and the life of Christ, and the beauty and the peace and the morality of Christ, you got to prove to them. You got to win their favor. You got to. You have to earn the right to be heard. Because most people's perceptions of church and religion, at least in Western culture now, at least in Canada, is they don't like us. They got the defenses up. And if that is not disarmed through love, if that is not disarmed through genuine honesty, if that is not disarmed with you know generosity, and there are all sorts of things you can do to disarm that kind of thing, if that's not disarmed, nobody's going to listen to the word that, that Christ has commissioned his followers to go out and, and share. His actual word was preach. And preaching you know can be really annoying, but like St. Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel every day, and if you have to, use words. Preaching the gospel is far more eloquent through actions. Far more eloquent through forgiveness and tenderness and generosity. Sometimes extravagant extravagant generosity. Going the extra mile. Shoveling your neighbor's walk. Cutting his lawn. Bringing his garbage cans back in. It's a little thing, but that touches people, you know? When you find out they're sick, you bring over an apple pie. You do that? That's what followers of Christ do. That's when we're at our best when we're being generous, you know? Hey, who said your Christian faith wasn't going to cost you? Amazing grace, it's free. Yes, salvation is free. But if you're to have an impact on your world, it's going to cost you. That's what Jesus meant when he said, take up your cross, follow me. And following him and doing it in a way that affects other people in a positive way is going to cost you. But that's why, you know, that's why we have the power of the Holy Spirit. He enables, he equips. That's what Jesus said when he said, if I don't go, the Holy Spirit will not come. And he will be a counselor. He said to his disciples, you're going to receive power. Power is going to come upon you and you're going to be my witnesses. In Judea and Samaria and the other parts, most parts of the world what does that mean you're going to be witnesses something miraculous is going to happen to you and you're just going to simply tell people what happened you're going to be transformed and you don't have to be eloquent you don't have to preach you just live out that life of generosity and love and tenderness that's described in Matthew five six and seven in the Sermon on the Mount and that transforms that transforms people it transforms families neighborhoods schools workplaces. Entire cities happened in the 1850s in Rochester, New York, when Charles Finney was preaching there, and people were turning to Christ by the thousands. And remember, Rochester was only about 15,000, 20,000 people back then. The entire city, the entire city was converted to biblical Christianity in the 1850s under the ministry of Charles Finney. All sorts of things have happened like that in history throughout North America, and the historical revisionists and the academics that, you know, are in charge of our universities and molding young minds, that's all been filtered out. Our kids never hear about that kind of stuff, ever, of how powerful, how powerfully faith has affected history and culture in North America. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. The Olympics have already started. The grand opening ceremonies are Friday night, and uh, that's probably the most watched spectacle of the Olympics. Everybody tunes in for the opening ceremonies. You remember London, where they had Daniel Craig, who plays uh, you know James Bond, and the Queen skydiving. <laughs> that was. I'll tell you, the opening ceremonies for the London 2012 Olympics were, were, were some of the best I've ever seen. It was very entertaining, very original, very creative, very, very good. And, uh, you know, part of the ceremonies in the pa- pageantry is all the countries parade into the main stadium. And each country's prime athlete gets to be the flag bearer, you know, for that country. Now, in the States, their flag bearer this year is Michael Phelps. Now, Michael Phelps is the swimmer who is the most decorated Olympian in the history of the Olympics. He has won 20 medals, 18 of them gold, two of them either. I think they're both silvers or bronze. I can't remember. But this guy has won more medals than any Olympian in the history of the Olympics. Okay? And... You'll recall, and, and this is a story that, uh, in fact, I, I tweeted this out earlier in the day. If you go to my Twitter, uh, Twitter uh, uh, account or go to the Late Night Council Facebook page, you can follow the link and read this story for yourself. Michael Phelps, you know, after he won all those uh, medals again, you know, he really hit the skids. And he was, uh, uh, you know, uh, was uh, picked up for a drunk driving um Incident was uh, charged, I believe, for marijuana possession. And his life really hit the skids. He was going to quit, you know, Olympics. Didn't care anymore. And lo and behold, if he didn't get a phone call from Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, the former, um, I think he was a linebacker. At least a defensive player for the Baltimore Ravens. And Ray Lewis called Michael Phelps and recommended a book to him. And the book that he recommended to Michael Phelps was Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life. Rick Warren's book, Purpose Driven Life, is the biggest selling religious book outside of the Bible in the last, you know, 50, 100 years. I mean, it sold hundreds of millions of copies. And, it is a, and I've taught courses that, you know, have been based at, you know, have used Purpose Driven Life as like, you know, the main um, um, text. Solid biblical teaching. Michael Phelps opened up his life to Jesus Christ through Purpose Driven Life. And he says in the article that I posted that the principles that he learned from God's Word and from Purpose Driven Life, have resulted in reconciliation with his father that he was estranged from, and to a great degree have brought him back to do one more Olympics that you're going to see him when he when he carries that flag into the, into the uh, main stadium on Friday night when he leads the U.S. team and uh, carries the flag for the U.S. Olympic team. Now, you would never find that story in secular media. You'd never find that in mainstream media because they don't want anybody to think that, you know, that jesus christ inspires athletes in fact there's kind of a cynical you know almost uh revulsion you know when when an athlete talks about his relationship to god or you know gives praise to god after he wins a touch and you know that that can be a little bit immature i get that okay but you got to remember a lot of these athletes that that you know uh that accomplish these incredible athletic feats a lot of them are in their early 20s they're kids you know and their faith is very very much alive and yeah it's not very mature but you know they don't mind sharing it they like people to know about it and 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 i just find you know the hatred for that kind of pure faith that is you know is out there in academia and in media is just it needs to be exposed for what it is it's evil it's evil it's evil it's repressive and it is anti-freedom it is anti-liberty and everything that's good and right and moral and pure you know it's the other side evil depraved perverted slimy repressive 34374390 that's 343 700 4390 got one segment left are you going to call in and change the world tonight? Got open line, open topic. It's Ask the Pastor, but you know, fire away. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That's Capital Region. one 562 4766 That's long distance. one 562 4766 If you want to send me an email, you got to send it right now. Right now. Because I'm going to be determining whether it's airworthy during the commercial. And same with Twitter. Right back after this. Stay with us.
4: Timmo's 2000 Mobile Auto Cleaning comes right to your driveway makes your vehicle look brand new again. Classic cars, bikes, boats, RVs, dump trucks, hot rods, tractors, transport trucks. We can even make your minivan look like the day you drove it off the lot. Did you spill too much coffee on your seat? Did Junior decide he couldn't wait till he got home? And yuck, maybe you're just long overdue for that meticulous cleaning. Maybe you want to sell the old beast. Smartest thing you can do is make it look brand new again. Timmo's 2000, 613-327-8498, 613-327-8498, or go to timmos 2000com
1: Who's that man makes shawarma taste like no one can. The
4: Garlic King.
1: And he can do anything. where's a crown, golden shoes, and a royal gown? The Garlic King. So tasty. Man, this food is so good. Don't talk with your mouse food. I'm just talking about the king. And I can dig it. Discover why Really Lebanese is Ottawa's best shawarma. Really Lebanese, home of the Garlic King. St. Joseph Boulevard beside Pizza Hut in Orleans.
3: Garlic, I love it. Summertime is here, and it's time to cool off with your friends at Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We feature 12 flavors of frozen yogurt daily, with a choice of over 55 delicious toppings to choose from. The combinations are endless. Chill out with our new fresh yogurt fruit smoothies, or be the hero at your next backyard barbecue or birthday celebration when you serve up our exquisite frozen yogurt cake to your family and friends. Visit us at 80 George Street in the Byward Market, And 3091 Strandherd Drive in Barhaven. Menchie's frozen yogurt. We make you smile.
2: My, uh, one of my dearest uh, colleagues and friends, well, he's more than a colleague and a friend, he's, he's a real brother, is uh, George Sinclair in town here. And uh, George has co hosted Ask the Pastor with me in the past. And uh, he is the pastor of Church of the Messiah, which meets at the Ottawa Little Theater on King Edward. And uh, George was the pastor of St. Albans United, uh, Anglican Church. And when the Anglican Church broke away from uh, biblical morality and decided to embrace, you know, very unbiblical morality. George Sinclair uh, um, said, I can't adhere to this. I'm a Christian and I believe the Bible. And uh, he was, uh, him and half of his congregation were, well, maybe more than half, were kicked out of the church and uh, they started Church of the Messiah. Wonderful man. Brilliant. Gutsy guy. And I just got an email from George. And it's quite relevant. And I wouldn't normally, you know, uh, uh, put a link out on the Twitter page or at Late Night Council on the Facebook page if it, you know, unless I check it up. But George is solid. I mean, I trust George Sinclair more than I trust myself. And let me read to you the email that he sent. Dear all. You might find this statement from the American College of Pediatricians interesting, and it's right relevant with what we've been talking about tonight. It is opposed to any intervention in children before puberty. Interesting stats, probably not something reported in the mainstream press, and then he puts out the link about the, you know, the American College of Pediatricians and how messing with gender and making them think that they can make decisions, you know, on that kind of thing is totally wrong, and they have taken a stand against it. And yet the gay pride people here in Ottawa want us to celebrate, you know, the Grand Marshal of uh, the parade is a 10-year-old kid, a boy, who, you know, wants to be called a girl. And if you criticize that, or even question it, our Prime Minister wants to put you in jail for two years. It, it, it's, it's insane. It, it's just absolute, insane. And nobody's saying a thing against it. Because everybody is afraid of being labeled as, you know, homophobic or, you know, transgenderphobic or whatever. You know, all these crazy terms that these politically correct fascists have forced on us. And uh, again, greatly, greatly emboldened by the words of Pope Francis yesterday, when he called, you know, the the, uh, you know, the gender confusion that we're forcing on children. He called it. He he termed it terrible. And I think that should embolden followers of Christ to, to you know to you know to not take this lying down, to, to really uh you know, to really take a stand. And if they throw us in prison, hey, a lot of my heroes from the Bible were uh wrote some of their best stuff from prison. They did. And Jesus said, in fact, it's almost a earmark of whether you're authentic in your, in your commitment to Christ, okay? He said, all men are going to hate you because of me. Do not think that I've come to bring peace. I've come to bring a sword. And not advocating violence, but he said, I've come to bring a sword. You're going to have family members against family members because of his message and because of, you know, the implications of what, you know, the real gospel message is really about. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. 4390 That's 343 4390 I always look forward to Mike checking in. And he usually checks in, oh, one of the last segments, and he's on the air now. What's up, Mike?
0: You know, in, in many ways, the the this culture that embraces the gay pride parade, all leftist-type ideology, um, it's very much a, a, a almost a religion of secular—it's like a, it's a godless religion— but it its main thrust seems to be uh, self gratification through self destruction.
2: Oh, uh, the mad pursuit of pleasure, the mad pursuit of uh, you know, uh, if it feels good, do it. You know,
0: and destruction. I mean, they they literally run themselves into the ground. They encourage people to destroy their lives. Hmm. Um.
2: I live live fast, I might, live fast, die young, leave a nice corpse.
0: Yeah. And I mean, is that really that far from what they are look at the the surgeries that they're doing to themselves to I know. satisfy something that is, is mentally not physically wrong yeah, with them yeah um and and people encouraging them to do it um
2: well what did Romans say I, you know they not only practice evil but they approve of people that uh, you know engage in evil
0: well I mean like God literally has given them over to depraved minds that's essentially what it is they don't even see what they're doing anymore to them it's it's normal, but they 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 just can't even see. They've mm-hmm. lost perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wanted to sort of take issue with the church at large, I guess, a little bit, um, because I I've I've been of the opinion for a while, and it's probably what first drew me to people like John Hagee and even yourself, because you dabble in politics as well as. Uh, being a pastor, and, and well, I don't. He is I'm not afraid. Like of, that well. I wouldn't
2: say I dabble in politics, but I'm not afraid to share my well, opinion.
0: I mean? yeah, but you you have a show that deals with politics and stuff. A lot of a lot of religious people they stay right away from this. Um, I think that the separation of church and state thing, which I've already explained a million times, has gone way too far. And I, I find that in many ways the church is very. A large portion of the church, let's put it that way, is very reluctant to get in, engaged in the, in, this, in the government, in the politics, in, in discussions of what's going on around us. And I, I wanted to read something brief uh, that uh, Pastor John Heggy wrote. Uh, he wrote this about 12 years ago, so I mean, just imagine how much further it's all come since then. But he wrote... Um, It's our duty as Christians to let the light of the gospel shine in our lives with the power and force that God intended. He says, in an American religious identification survey, over 76% of American adult population claim to be Christian. But if that's true, then why are they not the dominant force in politics and shaping the country's moral fabric? He says, it doesn't require profound intellectual insights to understand that the nation is headed down a pathway of moral and spiritual destruction. And Like I said, he wrote this 12 years ago, so Mm -hmm. just imagine how far. (laughs) In the meantime, the Church hides the light of God from a world that so desperately needs to be illuminated. Instead of allowing our light to shine through our lives, we sit idly by and curse the darkness that we have allowed to perpetuate. When this is the case, the Church is not a dynamic force of change. Rather, it becomes a mere reflection of the decaying culture around us. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes on to say how, uh, you know, like, we don't have a right to complain because we have uh, the ability to make changes around us. We, we have a, a government that we can participate in. Yeah, yeah. And and we're not doing that. Now, He he brings up a fellow teaching by the name of uh, John Maxwell, who stated that the problem with the church today is that they don't want miracles. They want magic. Um, In other words, they're not willing to take part in it. So they'll like Christians will complain about um, wanting uh, abortion to become illegal or, you know, why why can't they just ban homosexual marriage or not redefine that kind of thing? But what do they do to engage the system in any way, shape, or form, or people around them? They, people are very reluctant to get involved in these conversations. Yeah. We've been sort of bullied into being quiet. And in many ways, it reminds me of that bit where Jesus says, I think it was Jesus says, don't put your light under a bowl.
2: Yeah, or it'll yeah. be
0: taken away from you. Yeah, yeah. And, and I find that that's essentially what we've kind of done with ourselves, even people within the Church, um people are uncomfortable, even just and I've one of the things I've heard you bring up in in, in uh Spikers Church, you know, when you read certain lines that are politically not kosher today, uh and not Marxist approved language, that gets people very uncomfortable. Even within our even within our little church there. Yeah, even the so, words I mean, even uh, the words
2: of Christ, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's coming right out of the Bible that they want to remake the Bible in their own image. They want to change it to fit more with the times, so to speak. That pastor that you mentioned earlier uh, that separated from the Anglican Church to me, that's a hero. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. That I'm George I George Sinclair. Right because,
2: that's a good. That's a good description. George Sinclair is is a local hero of mine. He really is. I just love the guy. I
0: really, I, I really believe that this th- these times are going to test. Not only the leadership of the church, but also the body of the church, and I think it's going to test people who who maybe know God but don't realize they know God, and, and because I think people are going to start to see these how different things are getting and how out of control and how dark it's getting. Well, you're saying you think people are going to see.
2: Out. You said you think people are going to see the level of spirit are going to be blind. Well, the the level of spiritual blindness and how pervasive it is is just you know it, it is mind blowing to me. But Mike. I that's think, that, I think that's why that that's but Mike saying. that that's why I'm on the radio. Some of us are fighting back, buddy. Appreciate your call. Always good to hear from you. We're repeating this broadcast tomorrow night, and of course you can get all the podcasts at TuneIn.com or at www.lateNightCouncil.com. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna try and sleep off this flu. Been very patient and a delight that you've joined us tonight. We're back live Friday night with Freebie Fridays, giving away stuff and having fun. Have a good night.